Welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's May 29th, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Trump's executive order threatens to make tech platforms liable for user content. Two, China's national tech champions invest billions in next-gen infrastructure. Three, Remote First becomes permanent for many tech firms and professionals. Shift 1. Trump's executive order threatens to make tech platforms liable for user content. Yesterday, U.S. President Trump signed the executive order on preventing online censorship in a move viewed as a response to Twitter earlier this week using its new fact-check warning on two of his tweets for the first time. The warning challenged Trump's claims that mail-in ballots would be, quote, substantially fraudulent, end quote. According to the order, the, quote, policy of the United States, end quote, is that large online platforms that apply editorial judgment to restrict speech should be liable for user-generated content. The order threatens to remove technology platforms' Section 230 protections from the Communications Decency Act passed by Congress in 1996. Section 230 is the most important law addressing liability for speech on the Internet especially this critical line. Quote, No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. End quote. Section 230's liability protections, with exceptions for child pornography and IP violations, laid the groundwork for a modern internet with social media, user-generated video, wikis, search, self-publishing, review sites, forums, and comment sections. It is unclear to what extent President Trump's order can achieve its stated aims without a new law passed by Congress. The original intent behind Section 230 was to allow platforms to apply their own moderation rules, quote, in good faith, end quote, including restriction of objectionable content, such as child pornography, quote, whether or not such material is constitutionally protected, end quote, without being held liable for user-generated content. The executive order relies heavily on tech firms' own stated commitments to neutrality and whether their moderation is in quote-unquote good faith. In the near term, there won't be much impact. The order asks the FCC to clarify the scope of Section 230's protections and definition of good faith, directs executive departments to review their advertising spend, asks the FTC to act against unfair or deceptive practices, and directs the Attorney General to establish a working group on state-level legislation. The order's true impact will hinge on the FCC's response in particular and how it clarifies Section 230. The FCC has taken a hands-off approach with social media in the past, so any move to narrow the scope of Section 230 would be a significant reversal. However, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai, who led the repeal of net neutrality, shared his view last year that the, quote, greatest threat to a free and open internet, end quote, has been unregulated tech giants. Any lawsuits based on a new definition would still face the sizable body of established case law. The order intensifies the debate on social media's role in moderating the public square. Tech firms are increasingly serving as content arbiters and intervening to address COVID-19 misinformation. Platforms are seeing intensive scrutiny for both too much content moderation and too little. Neither party is happy with the social giants. Democrats have long been seeking more moderation, while Republicans are demanding less and both have threatened to use Section 230 protections removal as a bludgeon. Facebook and Twitter leadership don't agree either. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, 
whose platform has avoided restrictions on political speech, criticized Twitter, saying platforms should not be, quote, the arbiter of truth, end quote, prompting Jack Dorsey to defend Twitter's actions. While much depends on how Section 230 holds up, in any scenario, tech firms will need to provide greater transparency and clarity regarding their content policies. To read more content related to tech platforms and content curation and moderation, check out our November 9th, 2019 brief, Facebook News in the Current Wave of News Aggregators, and our October 31st, 2019 brief, TikTok's rapid rise to 1.5 billion installs in the global reaction. Shift 2. China's national tech champions invest billions in next-gen infrastructure. This month has seen a spate of activity from China's national tech champions. Earlier this week, Tencent announced plans to invest $70 billion over the next five years in cloud, where it's the number two player in China with 18% of the market, AI, cybersecurity, blockchain, IoT, 5G, and quantum computing. It also raised this week $6 billion in a U.S. dollar bond sale. About a week ago, Alibaba announced it was investing $1.4 billion in an AI and IoT system for its smart speaker, one of the top two players in China. The news came one month after its $28 billion commitment over three years in Alibaba Cloud, which leads China with a 46% share. This week also saw reports that 5G champion Huawei has spent $23 billion since late 2018 building up a two-year reserve of U.S.-made chips and components, in anticipation of the supply restrictions that recently emerged. These investments follow the Chinese government's announcement of a, quote, structural upgrade, end quote, an investment of $1.4 trillion over six years in new infrastructure, with trillions more expected in related investment. The blueprint covers a vast array of initiatives, including cloud computing, chips, 5G, AI, facial recognition for surveillance, industrial IoT, electric and autonomous vehicles, quote, city brain, end quote, and automated manufacturing, as well as more conventional infrastructure such as high-speed rail and ultra-high voltage lines. China could invest as much as $563 billion into infrastructure this year. Its ambitions extend to space with investments in satellite internet and plans for a mission to Mars in July. These investments are driven both by the desire to boost the Chinese post-virus economy and reduce reliance on U.S. technology. Tensions between the U.S. and China have been increasing of late in the pandemic environment, most recently with the U.S. cutting off chip supplies to Huawei, China's new national security laws on Hong Kong, and potential delisting of Chinese companies from U.S. exchanges. Chips are a recognized vulnerability for China. It set up a $29 billion national semiconductor fund in October 2019 to reduce reliance on foreign chips. Earlier this month, Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp., SMIC, received a $2.3 billion investment from state-backed funds to boost advanced chip-making capacity at a Shanghai plant by 6x. The looming technological Cold War is now well underway, with the U.S. recently joining the rest of the G7 in the global partnership on AI. In parallel, global supply chains are diversifying away from China, weakening long-standing economic ties. To read more content related to shifting global supply chains and the technological arms race, check out our April 4th, 2020 brief, Global Supply Chains Diversify Away from China, and our November 22nd, 2019 brief, Shifting Tides Around the Leaderboard in the Global Cloud Race. Shift 3. Remote First Becomes Permanent for Many Tech Firms and Professionals. 
Over the past few weeks, a parade of firms have announced a shift to a more permanent remote workforce after stay-at-home orders have been lifted. Twitter was among the first to allow some employees to work from home permanently. Twitter had been steering towards a more distributed workforce even before COVID-19. Square, which shares its CEO with Twitter, followed in allowing its 3,800 employees to work from home permanently. Facebook could see half its 48,000 employees work from home in 5 to 10 years, with Zuckerberg saying, quote, We're going to be the most forward-leaning company on remote work at our scale. End quote. Shopify said its 5,000 staff can work from home indefinitely. It will keep offices closed through the end of 2020 to redesign and limit them to 20 to 25% capacity. Coinbase will be remote first, giving most of its over 1,100 employees the option to work remotely or from home. It expects 20 to 60% will work remotely after restrictions are lifted. A Gartner study reported 74% of finance leaders expected to shift over 5% of their workforce to permanent remote positions after the crisis. 23% expected over 20% of staff to be remote. In the longer term, 22% of hiring managers in an Upwork survey said they expect a fully remote workforce within five years, a significant uptick from the pre-COVID era. Some of this will be demand-driven. Polls found more than half of people want remote work as their primary mode, and 28% plan to look for a job that let them work remotely. The shift underway has far-reaching implications for business infrastructure, technology, processes, and culture. Firms will operate with less real estate. J.P. Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs plan to keep offices well below full capacity for the foreseeable future, while Alphabet has pulled out of deals for office space. Compensation costs may go down for companies headquartered in expensive urban locations as they tap into a broader talent pool. Facebook, for instance, plans to adjust salaries based on location. CIOs are shifting spend to near-term needs in cloud services, collaboration technologies, which have exploded in popularity, automation, and cybersecurity. Organizations are experimenting with new organizational processes, structures, and norms, from virtual meeting protocols to team collaboration in a hybrid, in-person, and remote environment. Access to company resources and security in a cloud environment are top of mind for CIOs. Looking ahead, we can expect to see a wave of new technologies addressing remote work needs, such as virtual reality offices and AI that can coach a distributed workforce using best practices. To read more content related to remote work and COVID-19, check out our April 7th, 2020 brief, a follow-up on the race in digital collaboration, and our March 18th, 2020 brief, Looking Beyond, 11 ways in which COVID-19 might be an inflection point. That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. If you'd like to read more Six Pages content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on the current state of IP protection and whether AI can be considered an inventor or author. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts edition. <laughs>